Hello, everybody. You're listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter, and I am your hostess, Patty Catter. I have a special guest with me today, Jack Spearco. And Jack is actually also a podcaster. Um, I definitely wanted to have him on the show because his specialty is survival, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So would you mind go ahead and just tell our listeners about yourself? We want to get right into this because it's a really important time in history right now and people need the knowledge fast. Um, as you stated, I am a fellow podcaster. I'm actually, I would call myself a professional podcaster, not because I'm good at it, because it's what I do. Uh, I've been podcasting full time for about 11 years. The show's been running for about 12 and we practice what we call modern survivalism. And that means we don't focus like if you, if you go on doomsday preppers or something like that, you're not going to see what we talk about. We talk about, well, honestly, the stuff we talk about doing is tailor made for the situation we're dealing with right now. Common sense, everyday preparedness. We also talk a lot about lifestyle design, designing resiliency in your life. If you, um, there's a lot of people right now that are going to be hurting more economically than they are going to be from a virus itself. Uh, so a lot of what we talk about is financial preparation, also developing side income, side hustles, or independent income. So it, it, it is a broad range of things that we speak about and have been speaking about, again, for over a decade. And we also do get a lot into the homesteading, things like that. And it's amazing how well that's paying off right now, honestly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, to me, it's amazing how many people were not prepared for <laughs> some type of an emergency. I know living in Florida here or even being from my home state of Michigan, we were always taught to have at least a couple weeks worth of food and items that you would typically need, but the average American seems not to have been prepared for this. Uh, unfortunately, I've noticed quite a few people in my audience freaking out way more than they should because I guess the idea of prepping was more important than the application for some of them. I think also some of them, it's just new, it's different. And a lot of them, it seems like when they backed off and assessed what they had already done, they're like, you know what, we're in, we're in pretty good shape for this. But, you know, you mentioned Florida, and a lot of people right now, in my opinion, are preparing for the last disaster instead of this one. Mm -hmm. um, the toilet paper thing, people <laughs> are making fun of it. But at least you, at least you understand people do have butts to wipe. And, that you know, if you can't get out or whatever, and, and we can get into what's causing that being hoarded in a second. But the bottled mm -hmm. water literally makes no sense. This is not mm -hmm. a hurricane. Now, if you live somewhere where your water could be shut down, you should be doing that anyway. But... These people are standing in line, risking exposure to the virus that they claim to be affordable to buy 10 cases of bottled water while they have an infinite supply that comes out of their sink. Yes. And, and, and they that may makes have... no logical sense. Exactly. I noticed that as well. I actually had to go to the grocery store. I decided to get up really early. I called. I was lucky. They were open. They had what I needed. Um, but the reason I needed to go was not for myself or my, my family living here in Florida, but my daughter in California, she said she couldn't get simple things and they have an mm. infant and they live in a small apartment. So they didn't have a lot of storage room and they really kept thinking too, it was just the media kind of blowing things up. So they weren't prepared very well. Um, but you know, the media always blows things up. You mm -hmm. should be prepared anyway. My, my concern right now is a lot of towns like your cities, like you're talking about with small apartments, small dwellings, uh, New York city years and years ago, I covered a piece that was put out in one of the kind of like fashion mags or something like that called the, uh, the fashionistas. And these were mostly females, but you know, the guys did it too in New York city that have, zero food in the house, not zero food stored, zero food. Mm -hmm. And because the apartments are small and all, they put all their clothing and what have you in like their oven. 
and in their refrigerator and their shoes in like your produce drawer, they were storing their shoes in there and who needed to store food because, you know, there's always a dinner out every night Mm -hmm. and whatever. And that's the same place that during Hurricane Sandy, when I helped start a nonprofit in response to that, that there were people in 48 hours climbing into dumpsters in the middle of one of the most prosperous places in the country. And there's, there's really no call for it, but people in that situation do have limits. And we've talked a lot about that over the years, how you can prep in, you know, kind of downtown, but mm-hmm. right now, com- like we should be teaching people that 30 to 60 days of preparedness is a virtue, mm-hmm. right? Well, that word gets thrown around a lot lately in some really weird ways, mm-hmm. but true virtues are a good thing. And I grew up sitting on my granddad's knee. I'm almost 50 years old now, so I'm not a spring chicken or anything, but I sat on my granddad's knee and heard the story of the Anton grasshopper every weekend all summer long. Mm -hmm. And we just aren't teaching that anymore. And now you're seeing the results of that because this isn't nothing. And and I keep trying to bring people back and just kind of to clear the air with the size of my audience to reach. Now I get about a quarter million downloads a day. The best thing I could do for myself economically is come up with a 20 point ebook and sell it for $20. I could probably make a hundred grand this month Mm -hmm, and I'm not going to do that. Right. I'm not going to profiteer off of this. Mm -hmm. We should be teaching this basic fundamental preparedness and we wouldn't be in the middle of this problem because you wouldn't have people running out. And I said, we'd hit the TP thing. and It's a perfect time for that. So the toilet paper thing is what we noticed when we started running workshops. We do a workshop here at my home once a year, We've been doing it for seven years now. And when we feed people, we feed people. And in the beginning, we just put it out like a buffet and we'd run out of food. And it's because the first guy would come through after a long day and he'd go into the brisket and he'd take this huge pile and then competition kicks in and everybody, oh, we're going to run out. Oh, we're going to run out. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. We went to, we'll serve you the first round and come back for seconds. We never run out of food. We cook the same amount of food for the same amount of people. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's it's sad to me that these uh, stores and what have you waited so long to put controls in and limit. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's another thing. People need to relax on the limits. Everybody is taking the good news is bad and the bad news is good here. Mm-hmm. So they're going to close schools. That's good news. It reduces exposure. Uh, you know, they're going to do social distancing. That's good news. Stores say you can only buy four or five of an item. That's good. That means there's more for everybody. We don't have a shortage that's real. We have a supply line interruption by people freaking out. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, I know when I was at the store this morning, um, a man in front of me, he was asking when they would have another shipment of toilet paper come in. And the cashier responded, we have no idea when it's coming in. And it's kind of funny because um, a couple of weeks ago, I went out and I bought toilet paper. But I, I buy toilet paper for more than one week because I hate going to the store just for toilet paper and it wasn't anything to do with prepping. It was just, I wanted to get toilet paper and get it over with for a few months. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that happened because I don't have to worry about not having toilet paper. However, people, if you don't have toilet paper, that's not the end of the world. What are you some... Can- figure some things out there. Yeah. It ain't that hard. Anyway, go ahead. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that people should have on hand? What would you call necessary items as far as food for nutrients? Because some people too, they're buying like pasta that doesn't really have a significant amount of nutrients in it. Well, unfortunately, this isn't a great time to decide to become a prepper. Like mm-hmm. last year was a good time. I'm sure in a couple of months, it'll be a good time. Right now, you, you kind of got to make do with what you have and, and, and think about it. But we teach a very simple credo. It's as old as, as the prepper movement itself in the United States. And it's eat what you store and store what you eat. 
You should be storing the food that you're going to eat anyway. Um, not everybody's going to move off grid or whatever. You shouldn't be afraid to use your freezer. And if you do start producing some of your own food, which I highly recommend, at least initially what I teach is grow your nutrients and buy your calories. Mm -hmm. the, what I've noticed, and there are some places where people have gone totally nuts, but in most supermarkets right now, you can walk in, you can buy all the steak and pork mm -hmm. chops and all that stuff that you want. I personally, I eat a keto diet. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my advice pieces for people for health and safety and everything else anyways, lose weight. I've lost 55 pounds in the last seven months. So mm -hmm. it's a good time to go keto because you can get all the meat that you want. Mm -hmm. um, a multivitamin is a good idea. I do believe supplements are a good idea all the time anyway. 20,000 uh, milligrams of vitamin C is just going to make you pee a lot and make it smell funny. Don't do that. Oh, there's a lot of myths going around. But get the stuff that you're going to eat anyway. And then right now, even if you want to formulate kind of a better plan B down the road, you're going to be stuck at home with your kids. If the crap they eat, even if it's crap, is available, get that. Mm -hmm. Don't go out and buy 20 bags of flour if you don't know how to bake bread. <laughs> And if you're going to buy pasta, then you might want to buy some meat and some sauce and things like that to go with it. Mm -hmm. Don't go hoarding fresh vegetables. I don't hardly buy any because we grow them all anyway, but that's only going to last you a certain period of time before they go off. So if you're going to buy vegetables, go and buy frozen vegetables, stock your freezer, buy canned vegetables, stop buying dried beans. If you don't know how to cook dried beans, they take a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. It amazes me. I went into the store and the, the whole aisle of all the dried beans was gone. Mm -hmm. My people probably ain't bought a bag of dried beans in, in 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I went to the canned food aisle and there was as much, much beans as you wanted. And if you don't normally eat beans, don't buy them. Like again, eat what you store, store what you eat. On the other side of things right now, like hand sanitizer is a great idea, but good luck. That's, you know, people are selling it for $40 a bottle on eBay or whatever. So if you see it, pick up a bottle or two and use it. And then, you know, what we're going to see though is kind of a cycle here. All the panic buying will, will go way to a peak and it's going to come down in the next three weeks. A lot of this stuff's going to be back in stock. The good news, anything coming from China, they're through the curve on this virus. They're starting to put everybody back to work. There's going to be a bit of a lag because they ship things on a boat. It takes a while to get across the ocean. But that supply line problem is kind of, you know, uh, uh, fixing itself right now. But buy stuff you'll use, not mm -hmm. stuff you think you might need. We are not going to go into 100% lockdown countrywide where you can't get out. And this is the reason to be prepared. People like me, people in my audience right now, we're not panicked. If you have three to four weeks worth of food and this thing goes on six weeks instead of four and you need to get two more weeks worth of food over a six-week period, it's not even going to be difficult. Mm -hmm. People that are going to be out of food tomorrow, they're the ones that are panicking. And right mm -hmm. now, if you have to, you want to help support small business, et cetera, don't listen to what is, whatever's name is on Twitter going out to bars and hanging out spreading the virus. Order to go, order for delivery, support those small restaurants. Almost all of them, even if they don't normally do it, they're going to start doing it and, mm -hmm. and you know, get, get your food that way. But above all, don't panic and just relax. And like I said, economically, the best thing in the world I can do right now is tell people to panic. I could come up with all kinds of fear and gear to sell mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm not going to do it because what I've been giving away three for 12 years is what everybody should be doing now. Mm -hmm. It's just a nice thing to do is to educate people. And people are thirsty for the knowledge too. You know, they act surprised when I tell them, you know, you should have a couple weeks worth of food in your house regardless, just in case of an emergency. 
And be um, calm enough to, like, first thing a lot of people should do, figure out what you have. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that they, if, if I just locked you in your house and mm -hmm. said, see you in 15 days, if I came back, they wouldn't be real happy, but they're not going to be dead. Mm -hmm. Like, so first of all, get an assessment of what you have. And that way, when you are spending money that you probably shouldn't be, at least you're buying things you don't already have. It, mm -hmm. I, you know, remember all that food that's back in the, the, the cabinet. This is a good time to do an inventory. The other thing people need to be thinking about is maintenance medications. Talk to your doctor, not necessarily for COVID, but for your high blood pressure, for your diabetes, whatever. But again, it, it hurts my heart a little bit to have to tell grown adults that have diabetes, you need to have a reserve supply of, of insulin mm -hmm. or metformin if you are type two and you're on metformin or high blood pressure medication if you're on beta blockers or what have you. Like, this is the most common sense, pragmatic thing that any American could be doing right now mm -hmm. and should have been doing. And my hope, my hope here is it's a big wake up bell because in the end, it's not good. It's not nothing, but it is more an inconvenience and an economic problem than it is a a, a virus threat to your life mm -hmm. that when we come out of this, and I think we will probably a little quicker than some people are saying that people will use it as a wake up call. And when everything's available again, people will actually take this basic step. Most Americans should be taking anyway, mm -hmm. because my biggest fear right now, honestly, Patty is that I would say it's a 50, 50 coin toss. And what happens to this when we get the seasonality and the end of the curve, mm -hmm. does it come back next fall? And is it mm -hmm. as bad? Mm -hmm. And if it does, I think a lot of people are going to watch what's about to happen. They're going to think it's cry wolf and we're going to have a bigger problem this fall. If we don't do something about it in the interim, it could mm -hmm. just as easily go away, but don't bet on it. Absolutely. Um, without getting into politics, because I think I have a lot of theories in my head and I'm sure you have a lot of theories and a lot of the people who watch my show and um, listen to me know that, you know, I come from a military family. I'm very patriotic. I'm very USA. Um, but I hope this is an awakening too, so that people will start realizing how important it is to purchase and have businesses made in the USA. Um, especially even some of the things we think of made in the USA, our raw materials come from China. Mm -hmm. And I am a very much free trade guy. And mm -hmm. I believe we should do business all around the world. If you're going to import something, importing it from a single source is stupid. It has nothing to do with pride or patriotism or politics. It is a bad logistical decision. I've run businesses my whole life. And if you ever told me we had a sole supplier for something, you better find me three more and we better have relationships with them so we can get those things if this one folds in on itself. Mm -hmm. Just because it's a nation that is that sole source doesn't make that go away. And we do need to move more of our supply chain here. We need to think about the concept of what a strategic reserve is. We need it for more things than oil. And we need to understand that we need to do, instead of centralized solutions, we need to think more about distributed solutions. So we can't change exactly the decisions that our government makes as to what a strategic reserve is. Mm -hmm. But all the stuff we talked about in the first part of this, what you keep in your home, that's a strategic reserve. And the more we can encourage the individual to do that, the greater our strategic reserves become. Imagine if every American on average had 30 days of supplies in their home for just the basic needs. It's not even that hard to do. You can do it in six months and never even notice the cost because you do a little bit at a time. Once that, so you would have a 30-day strategic reserve of all essentials for all Americans. The government cannot, I don't care, 
who we have in government, the government cannot do that, mm -hmm. but the people can. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not really up to the government to take care of ourselves. We need to be smart <laughs> too. No, I, <laughs> no matter, I don't care. You could put uh, nuns and priests in mm -hmm. government and you it's still not going to happen. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. People have to take personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, what about having cash on hand? What do you think of that? I mean, is the money going to be worth anything? Is yeah. It, I mean, it's hard to tell. I mean, yeah, our, our economy is not going to crash and burn into obliteration during this one. Paper cash may not be the most valuable thing that you could have, but I always believe in cash reserves and I actually divide cash reserves into two things. One is paper money. Mm -hmm. And two is money in a bank. And I believe in having both of those because in different scenarios, you need them. Mm -hmm. As bad as it looks right now, you might get a hell of a buying opportunity with the stock market. Now, mm -hmm. I don't day trade and I don't give direct advice about investing, but as tempting as it might be right now, I think you might see, this is what I expect in the next week. We're now rolling out testing on this virus everywhere. Mm -hmm. There is a bunch more people that have this than we know about. Mm -hmm. And our testing right now is completely out of whack from nations like South Korea that have their act together. We're getting about one in four of our people being tested right now has the virus. And the reason that's the case is if you went there right now and said, I feel kind of sniffly and I got a fever and I don't feel good. They'd say, go home, mm -hmm. go. We're not testing you. Right? Yes. And that's going to change. We're going to be like anybody that at least has a fever, they'll test. And I would say in another two weeks, in a lot of places, anybody that just drives up and wants a test, they'll do it to get you to leave. Mm -hmm. Well, that's going to have a huge number of new cases. They're not new cases. They're existing cases that we don't know about. And that's a good thing. And they can put more, they can say, hey, you go home, don't go to work, what have you. And that, that's all good. But it's going to create panic. And I think you'll see more selling off. But I think on that note, and it's not conspiracy, this is just economic sense. Mm -hmm. When the Fed cuts interest rates to a quarter point or lower unless the bank ha banks have as much money as they, they want, mm -hmm. how much longer for the banks and the Fed themselves start buying stocks? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because I mean, you know, it's, and, and they'll look like saviors and they're going to make honestly trillions of dollars off of mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. um, so at some point you may want to partake in that. I know that mm -hmm. sounds crazy right now, but you know, the words of Warren Buffett ring true. You want to be uh, greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. Mm -hmm. What about, um, I know bartering is a big, thing for, I mean, where we live, we don't, we haven't had to barter, but like a yeah. lady across the street, she said she couldn't go out to the store and um, get herself some distilled water for her husband's CPAP machine. So she sent a text to myself and our neighbor and our neighbor was able to get the distilled water for her. Um, but I mean, Boy, that's a case to stop hoarding water that you don't need, isn't it? That mm -hmm. somebody might need it for their CPAP machine yeah. so they can breathe at night. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, barter is, again, I mean, when we do relief effort into like hurricane areas and all, one of the things we'll load up and we go down there with is bottles of vodka. Mm -hmm. We can yeah. get anything we want. Tobacco like we get generators for bottles of vodka in those situations. Mm -hmm. I can't use the generator, but we need it for relief effort. Mm -hmm. uh, but in this case, I think you're going to see a lot less of that. First of all, people are social distancing mm -hmm. and it's not, you can't get stuff. It's that it's limited supply. It's, you know, and, and I would say like, if you have an old lady that needs some distilled water in your neighborhood, don't barter with her. Go get her some yeah. distilled water and give her a couple dollars worth of water for free mm -hmm. because this is going to pass. And mm -hmm. even in far worse situations, let's say uh, what went on in Bosnia with the, with, with the wars, um, people that only looked out for themselves 
and weren't good to other people didn't do real good when things came back around mm -hmm. the whole road warrior scenario and stuff like that. You got to get that out of your head, especially mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. There, there's some, I, my whole life is based on analyzing what could go wrong. There's some mm -hmm. scenarios that could get really, really dark. They're the least likely. We call them mm -hmm. high impact, low probability events. This is kind of a moderate probability. This is going to happen. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of when it, this is actually, I'm the guy that's been screaming, calm down, relax. It's going to be okay for, for three months now. And this is my disaster. This is the one that I've always had the most fear for America for. And you could tweak a few little things with this virus with incubation period, transmissibility and lethality. And this could be a hell of a lot worse. And my opinion is sooner or later one day, we're going to deal with that too. Mm -hmm. So let's learn from this one and let's take care of each other. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And teach our kids too. I mean, my kids are grown adults now, but um, I think that so many kids, they're not really understanding what's going on. So they're like, yes, no school. Like, <laughs> let's go to Chuck E. Cheese. And we're like, no. you can't go to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> no. And let and me say something about the kids real quick, right? People are really missing the boat on understanding why, why it's good that they've done this. Mm -hmm. What they're saying is kids don't get this disease. That is not true. What kids don't get is serious uh, versions thereof of this disease. Mm -hmm. This decision is not to keep your kids from getting sick. This decision is to keep grandma and grandpa from getting sick because the kids go to school, come home, sneeze on mom, and mom sneezes on grandma, and grandma ends up dead or on a respirator. Mm -hmm. The children in our country, especially with the size of our public schools, are the number one disease vector that there is. They're the means by which disease is spread, mm -hmm. even if they're not the ones directly heavily impacted. And that's what I'm saying. When they close the schools and everybody's like, oh my God, and freaks out. That's an example of good news being spun as bad news. That is mm -hmm. the best decision we can make. Closing down travel from Europe was a good decision. Closing down travel from China early on, Again, I don't want to get political. Love or hate Trump. I don't mm -hmm. care. That was a good logistical decision. Mm -hmm. A bad decision was we don't want to look xenophobic in Italy, so let's not close down travel with China, even though they have huge trade with China. And then it might be the first example of virtue signaling actually killing people. I don't know if you've seen the videos from about a month and a half ago, but there were yeah. videos of Italians running around hugging Chinese people in masks to protest the United States banning travel from China into the United States. Viruses don't care what race you are. They don't care what economic ladder you're on. They don't care what country you call home. All they do is infect and spread. Mm -hmm. The good news here is as they infect and spread, specifically the family we call coronaviruses, they tend to actually mutate toward less lethal and less aggressive because from a pure evolutionary standpoint, it's in their best interest. And that's actually already happened with the, the SARS-2, as they're calling it, uh, mm -hmm. uh, virus, that it's actually mutated toward less lethal. That makes it spread more, but it makes the impact lower. And that's why you see things like South Korea with a death rate of 0.7%. Um, and if you actually look at the United States and do any kind of projections, I think we're going to end up right in that number. The danger is exceeding the surge capacity of our EMS uh, mm -hmm. system. Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing we can do, and I don't know if these other nations can do it and aren't or they just can't, and this doesn't mean all the problems go away. But one thing we do have the capability to do is to roll out very quickly large mass, mass type hospitals, like the, kind of like the one they did in, in Wuhan. But we can do that much more distributed. And we have military assets we can deploy. And, man, I don't trust the government. Um, I, I don't want to go political at all. Mm -hmm. But if the government sets up 
a hospital outside of Seattle airport and, and start scanning people as they come off a plane and taking people with a fever there and testing them and then putting them in the quarantine herself or under treatment, that's not martial law and that is not getting ready to put you in a FEMA camp. They're doing that because it's literally the only thing they can do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's one of those examples where even if I don't like it, it's the best case scenario with the system that we currently have. Mm-hmm. I, I've been reading a lot of um, posts on Facebook, which are really disturbing. Oh, One of yeah. them was, oh no, our kids are not in school, so they're not getting free meals. But I know in the state of Florida, they're still giving free meals to the kids. So they're not going to starve. Um, we are very resourceful people. We're not going to let our neighbors starve, you know? Well, um, and w- w- here's the thing too. The people, what do I do? My kids are out of school. What do mm-hmm. you do in the summer? Mm-hmm. We, we live in a country where we already have our kids, the burden of our own children being our own responsibility three months out of the year. Whatever you do then do now, mm-hmm. um, take the opportunity to spend more time with your kids. That's something Americans should do. Just because we're social distancing doesn't mean go outside. Probably the best thing you can do for your immune system is go outside. Just go outside mm-hmm. with your kids in your own backyard. Don't go having play dates and a bunch of kids getting together, slinging snot on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, use common sense. But I mean, even during the Spanish flu, eventually they figured out one of the best things they could do once the, the weather turned was put patients outside, mm-hmm. let alone healthy people. So go mm-hmm. outside, get some exercise. And I do not understand why more of our schools aren't doing what they're doing in Seattle and making the learning available online. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not even hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to lecture or whatever, especially your grade school kids and all. They're in a, except for common core math. There ain't nothing that the average parent can't figure out. Just mm-hmm. give the kids their assignments and let them do them and give them credit for them. Yeah. And, and we could be doing that everywhere. And I think they're mm-hmm. afraid to do that because I think we're heading there anyway, and it, it might hasten it. And I think they're mm-hmm. trying to hold uh, the, the educational system together in the, in the model that's been in since the 1890s. And it's about time for that to evolve. Mm-hmm, definitely. Actually, um, for a lot of my listeners, they know that uh, my husband was wounded in war in 07, but you might not know that I actually had to pull our kids out of school for several years and homeschool them because we were going to so many doctor's appointments. One of my biggest fears was that the kids were going to turn out not very smart <laughs> because I didn't know what I was doing. But I'll tell you what, they're very smart, very resourceful, very caring. They are amazing kids and um, they turned out great. <laughs> so You know, I'll, I'll just take a second there to speak on that because mm-hmm. I have a huge portion of my audience that are homeschoolers. It's a very liberty oriented audience. And I was under misconception myself about social awkwardness back in the 90s. And I had some friends that did some homeschooling and all. And I would meet homeschool kids back then and I would see some social awkwardness. Well, back then, it was actually probably true in a backwards way mm-hmm. because it was a lot of times it was socially awkward kids as a parents as a defense mechanism started doing homeschooling with, and they were probably still better than they would have had been otherwise. Mm-hmm. Now I run a small farm. I occasionally hire like a farm hand, young people would have you from my neighborhood. They cost me more than they'll ever get out of them. It's just kind of a, a mentorship thing. Mm-hmm. When I interview a kid that's homeschooled, I know immediately. And I know because they're here compared to their contemporaries in the way they look me in the eye, they shake my hand and they understand what's going on. And I hate to say this. Sometimes I actually give the other kid a job because I think they need it more because I'm doing more for mentorship. But I have been blown away with the quality of young man and woman that I've met out of that, that place. And it makes perfect sense because if you spend your time with adults, you conduct yourself like an adult. If you spend your time with children, you conduct yourself like a child. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, where can my listeners find your website and your my social web, media? 
My website is at thesurvivalpodcast.com or thesurvivalpodcast.com, depending on what part of the country you come from, whether you say the or the. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a short URL, uh, which is tspc.co, uh, that'll redirect to the site. I podcast five days a week, uh, Monday through Friday. My show, which is, I think you're going to air this later, but Monday mm-hmm. of this week is with uh, a member of my expert council named Doc Bones, and we're talking all about this same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're going to get, if you come to my site, you're not going to get all Corona every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have not strayed from our our uh, our, our schedule uh, much, which is really focused on broader lifestyle design and preparedness. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, again, we've been doing this since 2008. I started the show on my car, did it for 18 months, podcasting mobile, and uh, it, it it's really turned into a great community and group of sub communities. We have tons of social media stuff out there, including our like private groups on Facebook and all. And, mm-hmm. and we'll let you in. You just have to answer a couple questions to get in the door. But yeah, uh, please come by and listen and check out. I have a, a, a like a kind of new listener center that gives, starts with a lot of the shows for the basics because we do everything from very advanced ideas to very very simple. But don't look for gloom and doom. You won't find it here. All you'll find is you know, solid, practical grasshopper and ant style information. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And actually I'm going to roll your show out pretty much almost as soon as we're done. Yeah. Because I do think it's so important to get this information out there. Well, and as, as things change and what have you, um, if you want to have me back, I Mm -hmm. checked out your stuff and what you're doing. I think you got my name for some of my listeners or something. I I like what you're doing. And, uh, you. you know, as things change, uh, we can come back and talk about them because I think that, this is a conversation we're going to need to rehab with Americans a lot over the summer because mm-hmm. they're going to forget about it and go back to being grasshoppers. And that is not the time to do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I would love to have you back on the show. And for all my listeners, please go um, check out Jack's website. Again, that website? Thesurvivalpodcast.com. And, oh, the podcast is on Stitcher and iTunes mm-hmm. and about every platform there is. Yeah. And I'll be putting the link out um, on the social media that I have as well. So thank you, Jack, for joining me. And um, everybody out there, just stay calm and be safe and um, take a deep breath. Yep. Remember this too small pass and thank you for having me on. Thank you.